Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a registered psychologist and accredited advanced gender, sex, and relationship diversity therapist, obviously a podcast host, a writer, and the specialist resident therapist on Open House, The Great Sex Experiment, second season of which is running on Channel 4, and I am currently doing a speaking tour of the UK. I've spent the last 35 years helping people to create and maintain relationships that are sizzling hot and without shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet, one letter at a time, and today the letter is K, and K today is for kink talk and um, other stuff around kink and BDSM and social media. So joining me today is Lucinda Rose, also known as Primal Empress. She is a multifaceted individual. Her day job in itself is interesting as a parenting coach and placenta encapsulation therapist. She's able to combine her training as nanny specializing in babies and children with special needs with her background in psychology. She has a master's degree in applied psychology and worked in the NHS for years. She also combines her love of science and holistic natural approaches to make placenta remedies for new mothers. Then she found TikTok and Primal Empress was born. She's now just as well known for her priest kink as she is for anything else she's ever achieved. Ironically, Lucinda really dislikes social media, but it seems social media likes her. Lucinda's been part of the BDSM lifestyle since she was 18 and is passionate about educating, so in lockdown, trained as a sex and relationships educator. Finding the balance of how to do this appropriately on the internet, which is not monitored adequately, is a tricky tightrope to walk, and so Primal Empress focuses on safety, consent, identity, and empowerment while sprinkling as much kink in as she can. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Right. Let's talk. Um, I mean, I, actually, your bio reads into this beautifully, which is um, educating on the uh, on social media is a really difficult concept. Yeah. I mean, obviously, first of all, we don't educators aren't monitored. They never have been. You never know who knows what. Um, there's a lot of bias. Yep. There's yeah. a lot. A lot of people who think that um, you don't need to have any training to educate people. Yeah, there's a lot of people who weaponize uh, their knowledge and don't necessarily know how to read research adequately and and dissect it appropriately. Um, I mean, there's 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 a lot to be said for people speaking about their lived experience. Absolutely, but there's a difference between educating and just talking you know well so so that's really an interesting statement because it's one of the things that i run up against a lot so you know because you've seen me speak that i would i talk from my educational background so i'll talk about research and academics i talk about clinical practice because i've worked with tons of people right you know i've been working with people on these issues for 35 years and then I have lived experience. Yeah. So I've got all those bits. And I'm actually also a qualified educator. My first degree was in special education. So um, so I'm actually also I know how to teach, which is also helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But um, so I'm pulling from all those pieces. And I'm very clear when I'm talking about something that is simply my lived experience versus something that I have clinical experience with or there's research or there's a consensus of opinion. And where I find it difficult is people who 
generalize from their very small lived experience yeah and are out there like they know everything yeah very gatekeepy uh very one true wayisms as we say in uh on kink talk and and it's a shame because a lot of the time these people are very loud and very confident and to somebody who doesn't have the lived experience and is maybe doing their own sort of research and trying to educate themselves, they might take that as gospel when it's purely someone else's experience and opinion based off that experience. It's not absolutely fact or or anything you know of of note other than experience, which is great. It's great that people have experience, and I think it's great that people are open about their experience, but it doesn't make it absolutely the law and a lot of these people seem to think that it is not only that but people are missing the skills that they need one to discern what's good information and what is it how do i compare that to my situation is that likely to apply to me or not but they're also missing the um the skills to risk assess um to take responsibility and so when they're handed this, they think that's all they need. Yes. And and um, there's something called confirmation bias, which becomes yes. huge on, on the internet. Where So basically someone, I know you know this, but for anyone listening, yes. they will have an experience or they will have an opinion and they will go and find a piece of research or something that backs it up. And then yes. they say, I am right because of this. And it's like... Yes. Yeah, that's that's one thing. What about all the other things? If you're really going to come from a place of educating or, or even if you don't have any educational qualifications or, or background, but you really have to give the whole picture, not just your opinion. Otherwise, you're just preaching. Right. And, and, uh, and oftentimes the Internet makes it very easy to get stuck in that tunnel, because if you watch something through TikTok's a great example, if I watch something through for information, like, I might not agree with it, but I'm watching it for information because it's something I need to take into account. Suddenly, I have 150 videos on my For You page that are all the same opinion. Yeah. And seeking out the other opinions is very difficult. So not only is there confirmation bias, but you end up with a very skewed view as to how much of the population yeah. actually thinks like you. Yes, and I think the internet is very much like that. I mean, the first, I, I came across Kink Talk by accident. I never intended to make content. I was in lockdown and uh, downloaded TikTok. And, and at the end of the day, what's difficult is TikTok isn't an educational platform. It's not a political platform. It's, it's a social media platform, but it is great for finding out information and education and political stances and all this kind of stuff. But it, it's not necessarily set up that way. So um, when I got embroiled in my first sort of kink talk drama, it really did feel like that was the entire universe because that's all I was seeing. Because that tiny little bubble that is my algorithm was completely that. But the minute I stepped out of that bubble and spoke, you know, spoke to real life people who aren't on on TikTok. Uh, spoke to people who might be on TikTok but don't know anything about that drama. Like it's everything to you at that moment, but you step one foot out of that, and it's like that doesn't exist. It's it's so intense. 
Um, but yeah, the algorithm will just keep you in the same place unless you purposely try to step out of that. And I think for some people, because there are so many people on TikTok um, who are so confident that they and, and are very preachy, people do mistake confidence for, you know, actually knowing what they're talking about. And so they're like, oh, no, but so they stay in their bubble because they don't think they need to step out of it. So, yeah, it can be it can be really tricky. It's a double edged sword because it's a brilliant platform. It's fantastic, but it's hugely problematic. Yeah. yeah. I also think that I also think that, you know, even if you're, you're listening to somebody who knows their stuff, like I know my stuff still you should should be researching other opinions like there are going to be other opinions than mine right yeah. and, and and i don't expect to have the only opinion and i don't think my opinion is the only one that's valid um you know i i may have a um a more robust set of opinions because of how i gather my information but there are going to be other people who disagree with me who i have respect for whose opinions are just as valid yeah, um, because this isn't black and white stuff. Yeah. This is all about the gray. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, it's all about being able to understand ambivalence and and being able to work with that and being able to discern well what's going to work for me now. Yeah, what do I need to learn? I remember one of the things I got embroiled in early on was, um, and I'm. Uh, person is going to remain nameless um because i i don't think it was this person's fault that this happened but we started with the thing with somebody who is 21 years old just making pronouncements about leather right now i am in the leather community have been in the leather community i've been in power exchange relationships for 40 years mm. have been an active community member for 15 um and did things privately prior to that so that kind of gives you a context right and this person was making pronouncements and there was wrong information patently wrong information some was history that was being misinterpreted and i was able to say go read these books or better yet go seek out these people because they're willing to talk to you like race bannon will talk to people right like he's totally cool that way he will talk to young people he He'll have an email conversation with you. Um, Hardy Haberman will sometimes talk with people. I mean, so like there are people around yeah. that, that will, in fact, engage you if you write to them and you say, I have a question. I see people saying this, 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 and this. You were around back then. Can you please help me resolve this question? They will speak with you. So there's plenty of people out there you can talk to who have been around for 40 years. 50 years right there are people older than me um which i'm always pleased with um but um so i i mean i suggested a couple of books to look at some history but then some stuff was said and i was like you know i really disagree with that way of going about it i disagree with that interpretation um and you're talking about how to run a relationship with respect you're 21 years old so when you talk you shouldn't be I, I mean i said this privately you shouldn't be speaking in such strong um one true way like pronouncements i said because you're 21 years old um and there were some things said about their particular niche community that i happen to be a part of they didn't realize i was and i was like i've been in that community for 15 years you were a child when i entered that community right and 
your viewpoint is the viewpoint of your mentor who I happen to know. <laughs> and that's fine. It's a valid viewpoint. But you're presenting it as this being a, the way to run a relationship. And you have no business telling anyone how to run a relationship till you've had some of your own. Exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the opinion is opinion and facts are facts. And they're not the same thing. It's, and, and I think that's where you really, where a lot of people, I, and I think once you've been on a social media platform, it took me a little while to get it because it's very different to being uh, in a real life community. It's very different to giving yep. a lecture. It's it's very different, but you do. And I and I mess up all the time because what started as I didn't even mean to educate. It's just I saw so much misinformation and I was like, well, let me just correct. Yes. And let me give you some of the science behind this, and let me give you some of the history behind this, and. Um, so, you know, I, I got called an educator um, and now it's kind of an amalgamation of that and my life and just it's just sort of become my my daily life. So, you know, like the other day, well, a couple of weeks ago, I made a video and I wasn't thinking about it. And, you know, I got I got pulled up on it. And it's like, I think you are I, I, I basically I was speaking from an, a British perspective and some Americans saw it. And they were like, well, that doesn't happen. And I'm like, you know, it does happen. And it was just that because you forget that social media is global. So sometimes you can be speaking about something from your community or your perspective and someone else from a completely different walk of life is going to be viewing it. And they're like, well, that's not true. So it's just being really mindful of that when you when you make content about stating this is my opinion. Or, well, this is my context. That's yeah. context. Exactly. That's context. And that's one issue. And then nuance is the other. Well, yeah. in this particular situation, I got crucified because it was like, just because someone's young doesn't mean they don't know. Well, that's and I said, young people, but I said, with the, great, with the greatest of fucking respect, you cannot pronounce about good relationships when you've only had one relationship. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't give a shit if you've been having relationships since you were 15. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think right. I, it's not that a 60 year old inherently will do a better job at relationships just because they're 60. No, but a 60 year old has a sample. Yeah. And so right. if they're talking about, if they're talking from experience, they're talking about a variety of different ones. And if they've done any analysis, they can explain what worked well and what didn't work well. You cannot be making pronouncements in your early 20s about the best way to run relationships. No, because I think you just, is so important when it comes yeah, to relationships. You don't, have, you don't have the life experience. Yeah, and yeah. so it's this thing where it was like, well, just because you're older doesn't mean you know. And I said, first of all, I didn't say just because I'm older doesn't, that means that I know. Actually, I know because blah, 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 blah. That's why I know. But my age is a factor because I've had more than one relationship. Because I've been having these types of relationships for 40 years. Yeah, exactly. Actually, more than 40 years. 42 years. So I'm like, you know, I've been doing this for 42 years, and I've fucked up royally, and I talk about it regularly. And yeah. so I talk about what I've learned from experience, what I've learned from my clients' experiences, all of that sort of thing. And with you, you having the hubris to think that actually at 21 – you're the person to educate people on a, on an MS dynamic just kills me. What yeah. the fuck do you know about an MS dynamic at 21? And I think that is one of the sort of, 
uh, I think it's a it, it's something that does happen when you're younger, and then you know, ten years in the future, you look back and go, oh "My God, I had no idea what I was talking. About. I thought I knew everything. You think you know everything until you've experienced." A so bit. I'm cool about people expressing their opinion in that situation. I didn't say that, that this person did not have a valid opinion, but there was a huge community around this person thinking this was the gospel, and I'm like, "Look at what you're listening to." Yeah. How can this be the gospel? This person hasn't had enough life experience. You need life experience to make sense out of this stuff. That's definitely something. Well, I was very confident in in my first ever dynamic that I knew everything. And I mean, <laughs> twenty. Years yeah, my first my first ever dynamic was such a disaster, you know, that it changed the whole my whole life. So yeah. there, there. My second dynamic is. My second major dynamic's been on and off for 39 years, and we only now are getting it right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, my first dynamic was toxic, but at the time, I thought it was per- it was perfect. I look back, uh, and I'm like, wow, that was so abusive. Mine, mine, was so, mine was so toxic, it involved the police. I mean, it was really bad news. Um, and I didn't, th- I, th- I didn't think it was amazing at the time. I didn't know what was happening. Um, but, but my second, I thought was, you know, I thought I really knew what was going on. Like I said, it took 39 years to figure it out. And we're only now we're only now in a good dynamic. I think a lot of that comes with self knowledge as well. Like I said, yes. the biggest advice I can give anybody because I, I I kind of became this protector. the The first year that I was on Kink Talk and Kinkstagram, um, we did this charity summer thing called uh, the Coffee Wars, and we created. I remember. Teams and and I chose Team Milk, which was just because other beverages had been taken. If I'm really honest, but it became the place for newbies. It became the place for people who were vanilla, vanilla and curious. It became the place where people who didn't feel they f- they fitted in with because it, on Kink Talk, the one thing that is really disproportionate to real life kink is this whole brat versus yeah. and that doesn't happen in the real world um so a lot of people just were like well i've been in, i'm into kink or i'm curious but i don't think i'm a brat and i don't so everybody sort of kind of came to um to team milk and i became this person who was like the protector of the newbies and so I get a lot of people asking me questions like, you know, what's your best piece of advice to somebody who's new? And it's like, or, or the, the, the big questions, the questions that I get asked most is, how do I find a dom? And I'm like, find yourself. Find yourself first. Find out what you want, what you don't want. Find out who you are. Only then do you really have the tools to go and find a dom. Because yeah. I'm not going to fix your life for you. They can't. If no. you know what's wrong or what you need. That's the biggest one, though, is when people get really bored with me. But you heard me say it at the talk, like, do your work. Do your fucking work. Slow the fuck down and do your work. Yeah. And I've gotten known for saying that, but it's true. It's, it's, if you don't know what you want, if you don't know who you are, then you're not going to get your needs met. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this really weird myth that I see a lot online, but it seems to have now translated into the world because so many people have gotten interested in kink and BDSM from being online and from Fifty Shades of Grey, for fuck's sake. Um, I I can't say it without saying for fuck's sake. I mean, it's just like, so many people have gotten interested as a result of that, that there's this whole kind of myth that the dominant is the one who's going to sort you out and, and provide your for your needs and take care of you they're human 
And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I have, I have two full-time dominants and then two full-time masters. Um, and then an accountability partner who, when we play, is also dominant. But that's just an, but, but in life is an accountability partner, right? And there's a big difference because it goes back and forth there. But with my two full-time masters, I mean, they provide me with structure. Yeah. To, but that is because I know what I need. I mean, it took ages for me to figure out how much do how much do I need versus what I want, which is Absolutely. two different things. Yeah. I don't want the level of structure that I actually need. Yeah. So it's difficult. I'm really I'm I'm adjusting to more structure right now, and I'm really struggling with it sometimes because I'm like, oh my god, this feels so fucking intrusive. Yeah, it does. But but I actually need the level of structure, and I know it. Yeah. Because I because I looked at myself over a long period of time and I did the work to figure out what why did I get into this? What what is it for me that this is providing? Yeah. And what are the things that really turn me on? And you know, so but I never wanted somebody to sort my life out for me. I mean, I'm a fucking control freak. Well that's right? your job. No matter whether you're a submissive, a slave it's still your job to sort your life out and your mental health and you, you are responsible for you at all times and and I do see that a lot particularly with kink talk because kink talk has become an extension of 50 shades of gray and I don't mind yeah. 50 shades of gray the, the 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 thing for me that I don't like about 50 shades of gray is just how mainstream it went because uh it is problematic I I got called out a lot because in the beginning of Kink Talk because I looked at what was happening and it was Fifty Shades of Grey times two and and I coined the phrase it's Disney Lang's kink and I kept saying to a lot of these very vulnerable people on the internet who are believing these people and and a lot of the the cosplay doms as I called them and and I mean no disrespect to them as people but I could see what they were doing most of them had OnlyFans or something else and they were a character they were because kink talk is fantasy they were creating you know an edgier version of christian gray or the goth version of christian gray they were they were taking that character and making it their own but it was also like oh here's the link to my only fans or here's the link to my patreon and you've then got that parasocial relationship and and i was sort of saying to my followers like just be careful these aren't necessarily bad people but they're selling you a fantasy a fantasy that no human being in real life can possibly do well and so i explain to people that actually uh, uh, there's a place where i don't agree with you yes you can enact the fantasy but that's called role play and yeah. and that and that's negotiated and it's for a specified period of time yeah. but for a daily life thing can't do 24 7 you have to live your full life yes you can live like this 24 7 but it looks really different yeah. it doesn't it does not look like that my my girlfriend and i we're both slaves we're both long-term collared and we talk about this a lot you know we are not in the kitchen naked doing dishes with we, every day with you know our people running around after us and swatting us and all of this like yeah sometimes that that's a thing yeah. but but that's not what daily life looks like and the only people i've ever known who have daily life look exactly like that are professional doms and they're professional slaves 
Yeah, and they do it for, they would do it, one, for money, usually, and two, for a spe- set amount of time. And well, they, they, it is for money. And and so they live their lives in in a movie set, essentially. I used to run around, it was like 2004, 2005, I was bored. And um, I met this guy um, at a party. Extremely Wicked was the party that used to run then. It was a great party. And they had a, a place out in Cobham, Surrey. And it was like this house with grounds. And I mean, the party was, it was fantastic, right? Um, And I met him. I was walking around. I was wearing a collar and I had my lead attached and I was on my own. Um, And he's he's like, oh, a loose slave. Sorry. um, Oh, a loose slave. Uh, No, so, oh, oh, a lost slave. And I said, no, just loose. (laughs) And he just grabbed the lead. And so I ended up spending the rest of the evening with him and his wife. Right. And their slave wasn't there that night. But um, they were pros. So there were two doms, a, a male dominant, a female dominant, and a, fe- and a female slave was their pro-slave, but she was also a dominant. Okay. May she rest in peace because she died last year. Um, yeah, Cece was amazing. Um, and I ran around with them for about a year. And I, I just, I wasn't one of the punters, so I wasn't paying to be with them. We, they got a, we just got along really well, so they were quite happy to have me come and be in service at their, their place. And when they went and they went to events, I would go to events with them. And, like, I paid my travel expenses and shit um, and part of the hotel room, you know. And occasionally I'd treat people to a meal or whatever. But I wasn't a paying punter. Yeah. But they were always paying punters because that's how they made their living. Yeah. And so they lived this way 24 7 seven days a week because people came into their world to live the fantasy yeah and i think that's what's so in in real life kink if you are going to see a professional dominant or a professional submissive you're a lot more aware of the fact that it is a role play because you'll leave work and i mean i have a lot of friends who are professionals and you know there's it's the same with escorting there's this myth that it happens at night it happens in your lunch hour <laughs> 10 till 4 <laughs> it's like really popular because then you know other people aren't going to know about it but you you're going to leave your home and you're going to step into the dungeon or whatever area it is you're going to have your hour or two or, or whatever the situation is you're going to pay you're going to leave and you're going to go home so you understand the exchange there when it is the internet and you're a vulnerable person, particularly in a situation like lockdown, if you are isolated and you're alone and you're vulnerable, you've got that parasocial element and you've got the fantasy that I, it, it happened to me for, for a second. When I first found Kink Talk, I, when I find someone that I like, I will watch a lot of their content. I'll just go back and watch it all. So in lockdown, when we didn't have social lives, you can sit and for five hours watch one person and you build up that emotional relationship and for you it is very much you and them they are in your world they have no idea that you exist they have no idea that you're watching their content particularly if they've got a big following you are you're just a name and and that's where it i could see that it was getting you know could be potentially really harmful and there was quite a few times when i would sort of publicly say listen guys i know what you're doing and i know why you're doing this but you've got to be aware you've got to be understanding of everyone else for me one of the shocking things has been and remains on kink talk because i don't i don't have as huge a following as you do and, and part of that is because i don't make 
dedicated content every day, um, and um, I go long periods without making too much original content, you know. Um, but also part of that is um, the way that I engage with the platform. So that's fine. I'm cool with that. But um, when I got Open House, The Great Sex Experiment, of course, my following's gone up, and it continues to go up. Um, because people are seeing me on television. Now, that's the, one of the oddest parasocial relationships there is. People come into my DMs with, like, as though I'm their personal therapist. Yeah. And, like, dump a whole bunch of stuff and expect me to do something with it, which is always really interesting. It's like, actually, you know, here's where you make an appointment because pe people pay me for my expertise, right? I'm not, that's not a thing I do. But what's so interesting to me is there's a few large creators, um, not in fact kink talk creators, interestingly. There's a few large creators whose content I really enjoy who I follow, never expecting anybody to, any of them to follow me back because they're big creators. Like, why would they, right? Um, and they did, and I was amused. It was like, oh, this is nice. And then they started DMs with me, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You're, you're, you're talking to me. And it took me a bit. With one of them, I had to go, what does this person want? Right? Because, like, to me, I was like, I'm just, I'm just me. Yeah. Forgetting that, actually, I've, I've, there's a, quite a bit of fame in the real world. Yeah. Um, that I kind of just was like, oh, well, I'm just me, right? Um, and it's been really interesting where relationships have developed, still um, not yet real world. One of them is now a real world friendship. But it, it's, you know, that's unusual. It's strange, yeah. actually, because when I came to, to see you at the talk, obviously we'd spoken for yeah. a while, we'd followed each other for a long time, but I knew you from TikTok and I hadn't watched Open House. Yeah. I didn't watch Open House until after seeing your talk. So it was, it, so I just knew you as, you know, I knew you as your profession, so obviously I respect you, yeah. I knew you from Kink Talk, and I talked to you on Kink Talk, so to me, you were just you, and then I came back from the lecture, and obviously we'd gone out and had a drink afterwards, and then I said to my partner Ian, I was like, we really need to watch this show, because like, lots of people had, had seen the show, yeah, and when I tagged you on Instagram, I had, um, people who follow me going oh my god she's amazing and so then I started watching the show and I was like oh yeah no she's a really big deal <laughs> it's really funny I mean that that's been really weird for me because I've uh, over the years I mean I've done a lot of stuff I, I, I've been working with people 35 years and I've been in this country 32 and a half right so like I've done a lot of work here um and I I did a lot of vanilla other stuff i i do a lot of uh, family court work i did for a lot of for many years i don't do much anymore but i do for cases involving gender sex and relationship diversity still but um but i built this side of my practice slowly because when my son was young um i i was mindful of um how people can be and i didn't want him exposed but once he was grown it was like it became okay for me to be public and now, now he records, he you know, comes and films some of my shows and he records, you know, we have a really close relationship. Um, and I would get noticed from the other stuff that I did, you know, because I did a couple of, I, I was on the sex business a couple of times. I was a talking head on, on media, you know, news things and all of this sort of stuff. And I write a lot. So you'd see me in a magazine or whatever. And I would get noticed and recognized sometimes. But when the first season of Open House came out, 
it was really strange. I was getting a manicure once and this woman just came up to me and started talking. And I was like, I had to kind of get this thing where I could very nicely move people along because who wants to be standing and listening to somebody's sex life, you know, in the middle of having your manicure done or, you know, I, I, I was at an event with my husband and son, um, this perfumer called Rosa Dove, who I adore, who I, I'm friendly with. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm a long-term fan of his. Um, and if you want to know anything about scent and sexuality and sensuality, S is for scent. I recorded with him years ago, and I rerun that regularly because it was so good. But anyway, he had a uh, uh, like a sort of private-ish function, and this couple were there, and they just kind of caught me in the corner. And I was like, I couldn't get out the fucking corner because these people wanted to tell me about their situation. So it it's a really strange situation when you're talking about your own life, like we're watching you get ready for your wedding, you know, and I talk about my relationships and my partners, and they sometimes join me in public. People think they know much more about you than they actually know. Yeah, it definitely. There's been a there's been a few instances. the The most recent one happened this weekend. Um, so my partner and I we drove up to Scotland. Um, for him to get a kilt fitting, and we stopped at a service station because I needed to pee and I needed a coffee, and he stayed in the car. And I get this message while I'm in the queue to get the coffee saying, you need to come back. Um, there's someone who knows you from TikTok. And I was like, well, I'm in, I'm not, I'm getting my coffee. Um, and by the time I'd come back to the car, they had left. And I was like, well, what, what's happening? It's like, I got a knock on the window. They'd seen you go into the service station and, and they knew you and they knew me because I don't really put him on a lot because at first... At first, I didn't know if the relationship was going to last. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. And I also kind of, like, TikTok was kind of my thing. It was like my little hobby now. I share my life. But he was like, they knew who I was. <laughs> my husband's had that. My husband's had, my husband's had that. My husband tells stories about being on, on um because he, <clears throat> when we met, he was living in America. And I was here, and I would fly back and forth to see him, and he would come to see me. Yeah. Um, and, and the, um the crew knew me so well because I was, I was traveling a lot that he became Mr. Bisbee. Oh. <laughs> and like, he would be sitting in the back of the plane and they would come bring him first class food and come like, and people would come up to him and, and he's been on a few of my things. And sometimes people will recognize, and he does, I mean, he's, a, he, he's the background guy. His, his kink is putting me out there. Right. Yeah. That's his kink. It's like, he's like, Oh, that's mine. That's mine. It's shiny. And, and, you know, it's, it's an interesting kink and he loves it, but I'm out there, but he doesn't want to be out there with me necessarily. And there are times people are like really curious and we would do a live together and people would be like, Oh, wow, he's real. And all this sort of shit. He's like, okay, I'm going now. <laughs> that's why I showed my partner for the first time. Cause I thought maybe people would think I was making him up because I never showed him and I never really gave any details. And, and one of the things that happened was the first time I went after lockdown. So I came to, t uh, to TikTok because of the third lockdown and mm. my following, like it, it grew quite quickly because I was this person that was like, this isn't what you think it is. And, and I kind of said, no, that's bullshit. And that's bullshit. And, um, but the first time I went back into the community and I went to my first play party, 
um because a lot of my followers are american at that time anyway i i walked in and i was feeling quite vulnerable myself just because i we'd been locked down for years before that i'd lived in the middle east so i hadn't been to a play party in in a good three or four years and i walk in and everyone's like it's primal empress and i was like oh, oh. Am I Lucinda or am I Primal Empress? I don't know what to do. And I was like a rabbit in the headlights to the point where I didn't do anything. I'm a natural voyeur anyway. Like I'm, I love watching rather than, as much as I'm out there on, on TikTok, I'm not necessarily an exhibitionist, but I literally just sat there and people would come, it was almost like I was holding court, which kind of works for the, the, the character of Primal Empress. But I literally sat there with a cup of tea watching people play and people would come and ask me questions but I would it really messed my head up for a little while because I was like I don't know the difference between Primal Empress and Lucinda is there a difference where does this line draw and that's why for a while I really kept my private life like people think they know some people people in my life like you put everything online I'm like actually you'd be surprised I don't uh, so we had this we had a really similar thing in that first of all because I'm a therapist I don't play a lot in the UK um, and, and part of that, when I was doing court work, it was because I was really concerned, not that I would run into barristers or whatever, always, that's not a problem, but that I would run in, that I would, somebody would be in the club and the next day they would be in my office being evaluated for whether they could keep the kids. And I didn't want that level of awkwardness. So I, I made sure that I, so what, that's part of why my partners were in America, because I, I said, okay, this is how I'm going to handle this. Yeah. Um, and, and and then he moved, when he moved here, then it was like we were really restricted in what in what we do. And now that I'm on um, on television, and um, of course there are morals clauses, which I find really amusing since they're hiring me to talk. To, yeah, they know who you are. <laughs> they know who I am, but there are morals clauses. So um, I'm unlikely to go to a party where there aren't non-disclosure agreements. Yeah. I, that's just how I feel now. I, I it would have to be a pretty um, and you know, a pretty private exclusive party for me to go and get naked and actually do anything. Um, but it was one of those situations where um, I have a rather large following in the States. And there was this crossover point just before lockdown happened. So I've been part of the leather community and everybody knows me as more Loki's Jewel. And so, hey, Jewel, Jewel, you know, blah, 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 right? And then I was at an event, and somebody at the event for the first time saw me and went, oh, my God, Dr. Reba. And I was like, oh, okay, wait a second. Now, my family, over lockdown, we did a lot of stuff together. My leather family did a lot of stuff together. We actually ran online play parties that were outrageously fun, where we had, like, um, different activities, and people could, because we used Gather, where people could, maneuver and they could go in one room and come out and go and they can they had control of themselves right it was gamified we you know people would be watching a demonstration eating popcorn on their settees you know having milkshakes having drinks we had the best time we had kinky bingo oh. we had prizes we had and, and hopefully we'll do it again yeah. i've been quite careful about that but i'm starting a membership group at the moment and uh, that's going to be one of the offerings um Anyway, so we had, a, we had a lot of fun. We had an absolute blast. Um, but this person, you know, the, everybody knew me. Uh, my alter ego was the notorious LBB for that. Um, and, um, and all of a sudden, I had people coming on my podcast 
that we're family, that we're going to talk about something and forgetting that it was a podcast and going, well, Jewel, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, don't worry about it. I'll answer to anything. And some of my family will let me know that they want to talk about something serious or they're needing like an ear by saying, can we speak to the doctor? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good way. Right, so like, you know, like, this is not the slave, it's the doctor, right? We need to talk, hey, doc, come here. And I'm like, oh, all right then, okay. (laughs) But it was really strange, because I'd never been called by my own name in in that kind of a setting before. Yeah. Um, Because I very religiously separated the two, and all of a sudden, like, like, this person was, like, essentially outing me. I was okay with it, but I was, I was like, oh, what? It is, it's freaky, and I think the thing, like, when I originally set up the Primal Empress TikTok, it was because I was going on my own little kink journey, because I'd got to this point in my life where every relationship I'd had, and everyone who kind of knew me really well in that way were like, I think you're, I think you're a dom, you know, and I think you're a submissive, and and it got to the point where I was questioning it myself, so when I originally set up Primal Empress, if you ever go back and watch the first couple of videos I ever did, it was like, okay, I'm using this account just to explore this and see if I am a dom. And I think I could be a professional dom, but it's not what I want to do in my life because I'm a dominant person. And then it it just took off. It went into this own little world, but no one was supposed to see it. Everybody's seen it, but I work with children and I work with parents of children. People are like, you can't, you can't do this publicly. And I'm like, well, Actually, I think being public about it is probably better because the people who've got an opinion about it that's negative are never going to hire me anyway. I'm never going to, you know, and that's fine. But actually, I deal, uh, my thing is is development. And, you know, obviously I study child development and I work with helping parents to parent their children the way that their, their child needs so that they become the best parent possible. But child development is human development sexual development sexual development starts at birth it does and it's so important that um that that's talked about and and i i mean i think you know for me i'm public because it's when i wrote my memoir i realized how public i was being right um and um and i've written erotica and things like that i'm public it's like there's i'm not blackmailable in that way because this is me right this is me and i'm at that stage in my life where it's like this is who i am and um and i'm willing to be public so that people can see real people do this yeah right it doesn't just because you're into kink it doesn't mean that you're not as good at psychology that you can have it's separate things they don't go together i don't talk to children about kink but why would you i know how to have age-appropriate conversations which actually a lot of adults don't know how to have no and and for me and in terms of court work what, what feels really important is to make sure that people understand that just because there's a question about sex gender sexuality sexual practice does not make somebody an unfit parent um, I remember a case I had many years ago where um, the Guardian had lied and said, well, of course, the fact that this person produces pornography is inherently depraved and that that's why they were investigating this parent. And I said, well, hang on a second. We're not the morality police. And if the boundaries are bad, I, I'm right behind you. Right. But I'm doing this assessment with no judgment about what they do for a living as long as they're appropriate around their children, because it's not my business. I mean, what's more immoral, somebody who makes pornography or somebody who's a banker? I mean, come 
And I said it was one of those really interesting things where for me that's those are the kinds of cases I'll take now because I think there's many misunderstandings about what it means for people to live an alternative lifestyle and their kids, you know, yeah. what their kids know and don't know. I mean, people are like, oh, but your kid knows all this stuff. He's grown now, first of all. But second of all, he doesn't know exactly what I do in the bedroom. Why, why would I talk with him about that? We don't talk. I mean, he knows certain things because they're inherent to the lifestyle, but he didn't when he was a kid, yeah. you know, and he's grown. And like, I don't know about what he does in the bedroom. It's not my business. I don't want to know that. But he knows he can be who he is. And I am who I am. And uh, that's important. That's the healthy bit is knowing where to set those boundaries. And that's the thing that I wish people would like listen to when we talk on, on, on social media. But that's, again, these skills, the, the more important skills are the life skills, the emotional skills, the, the relationship skills. Those are the things that people really need in order to do all these other things well. Yeah, and that's, I think, and one of the things about Kink Talk where I had a bit of a wobble with it was the fact that I, re- people will say, it's a children's app. It's, it, well, if it's a children's app, why are you on it? It's not a children's app, but there are children on it. So it's about making content that is appropriate. And and there is a line. I cannot control what other people's children do. I can't right. do that. I, it's not my job to babysit others. It's not your responsibility anyway. Yeah, it's not. And I think there's a lot of lazy parenting out there because there's so many ways to control what your kids see. Um, <laughs> so now, going forward with the Kink Talk platform, it is going to be more about empowerment and and doing the work before doing the kink because that is so important. Yeah, I know it is. It's amazing. So listen, mm. we would talk all day, but I can't. <laughs> so so um, if people want to find you, where's the best? How's the best way to find you? Well, on TikTok, I am Primal Empress. Um, on Instagram, um, I am Empress Primal. Um, I do. I am starting a YouTube, which is Primal Empress TV, but it just takes so much time. So, yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. My son, my son does video editing for me, and you know, uh, if he didn't, uh, you would never see a video with me in it. Because, well, I mean, that's the thing. I I have taught myself everything over the last couple of years because I I didn't do social media, and now I do. <laughs> so I've learned as I went. People want to find your professional services. Um, what's the easiest way to find your professional services? Um, I have a website, lucinderose.co.uk. Great. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And you guys, thanks for listening yet again. Um, and next week, the letter is L, and L is uh, is for Leather Mentorship. And I am really excited for that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you have questions or comments, email me at laurybeth at drlaurybethbisbee.com. If you write a review for this show and you let me know about it, you will be entered in a draw for 30 minutes free with me, which these days is really hard to get. Um, I know people don't like writing reviews. I know they're embarrassed about writing reviews. You can write an anonymous review. Just let me know that you've done it. If you write a review for one of my books, you will also be entered into the draw. But if you don't tell me you've done it, I won't know to enter you into the draw. So there. Um, Again, if there's a person you want to see, if there is um, a topic you want to hear about, I will do my best to accommodate you, but you got to let me know what it is that you want. Have an absolute 
absolutely wonderful week. And um, look out because I am at the moment um, starting a private membership. Um, in the private membership, you're going to get exclusive content, um, a month monthly um, live Q&A with me or topic, depending on what people are interested in, but the ability to get me to answer questions within the group in the chat. Um, and at the moment, if you want to know what it costs to get me to answer a question privately, you can go look in my shop. It's not cheap because I only have a limited amount of time, but I wanted to make an offering that was um, accessibly priced for people that are coming out to the shows and still want to have questions, but they're really not ready to engage to do any one-to-one -one work, which is fine, or they're not finding some of the um, larger offerings that I have affordable. This way you get access to me, you get access to a lot of private content. Um, and it is just starting out, um, we are on the 5th of July when we're recording this, this will be out on Monday, and um, the offering will be available from the 10th. So if you're interested, um, the link is going to be in the show notes so that you can join at the very beginning, which means you're going to get extra special perks because as the membership builds, there are less people, so you get more of my time. Have a great week, and I'll see you all soon. <laughs>